When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Space Trash. Trash in space. Space Trash. Lifestyles, the rich and your race. Space Trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome to a very special, very excited, highly anticipated, highly requested, and highly controversial bonus episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. I'm Sarah Armour. I'm Molly Molshine, and please welcome our guest, Connor Bean. Hi. Oh, my God. I have never heard an American person say my name correctly. That's... Wow, I'm actually shocked. Thank you very much. Hello, it's lovely to be here, and it's lovely to hear my name. I'm so, and I'm like, should I have said I'd say my name? No, I'll be fine. You got it in one. Oh my god, it's amazing. Ah, Thank you. Another Virgo tendency. I love yes, it. Yes, yes, very that. So Connor hosts the incredible podcast Housewives in Me, which is Housewives and Me, not Housewives in Me. Jesus, <laughs> that's the wow. that's the Patreon spinoff we're gonna do. Whoa, I barely know her. Um, yeah, <laughs> Housewives, no. Housewives and Me, um, and it's a very it's a funny, earnest, thoughtful look at Housewives fandom, and I think it's it's the kind of podcast that was very sorely missing from this little housewife's cottage industry that we all love to dip in and out of. I love your podcast. Oh it's great. Thank, thank you so much. And of course, we should mention you, Molly, were on a recent episode and you were great. So people wanted to even check out Molly's episode. It's a good place to start. And thank you for saying that. That's exactly what I was going for. So I'm like, right, at least one person got it. Go I'm so curious before we even, I'm sorry to even like distract us, I, I, you know, Virgo Venus, but otherwise no Virgo. It's like, um, you know, what makes a, a, a Housewives podcast like more or less sincere? <laughs> it's not snarky. Like the, the, I even, I mean, I always feel like a bitch, but I felt like even more of a bitch when I listen to your podcast. Cause I'm like, they're talking about it in such a respectful <laughs> way about it, but, and you still have fun with it and you're still funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, thank you. Yeah. I think it's hard too with Housewives. I've even said this, like, I find in the lot, this podcast has just come up in a year old and I've noticed that I now have people following me who want to talk about housewives, particularly in Ireland, because it's, it's not a new phenomenon, but I think a lot of Irish people have gotten into it in earnest in the last year. And I find sometimes some people are very like, well, did you see what Eric is wearing? And it's very bitchy. And I'm like, I will talk shit about these women, but I'm also not going to be an asshole. And so weirdly, it's funny you picked up on that because in my head, I'm like, there's a way to gossip about this without being an asshole. And I think even with, you know, we're reassessing, how do we talk about Britney Spears and Amy Winehouse yeah. and all these people? And it's like, you can talk a little bit of shit and not be an asshole. Everyone's like, oh, everything is so woke now. I'm like, for me, it's just not being cruel for no reason. You can still be crass and stupid and, and funny and weird, but you don't have to be a dick. So that's probably the mission statement of the podcast in a weird so way. True. And and so when I was on your podcast, I did talk a little bit about the astrology of the housewives. Yes. But, you know, so I was just blagging my way through it because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sarah is the real astrology expert. Ooh. So that's why today- This is my work. 
This is such a real treat because we've got the astrology expert to my left, the Erica Jane expert to my right. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm the middle of this Venn diagram, having a little bit of knowledge about each, but not really that good. So I am so excited to talk about this. So, Connor. Yes. You... Would you self-describe as an Erica Jean fan? Pre this season, yes. And I really want to stress pre this season, obviously, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, we've been getting very deep into this legal case and also her behavior has felt really cruel and almost like uncomfortable to witness on the show. I'm guessing because she's going through something, but also she's so defensive about this case. So before this season, I joked that I was an Erica Jane apologist because I found her withdrawn quality on the show slash very rare outbursts of anger really interesting I thought the fact to me it was so obvious there was so much going on with her and Tom that we only knew about the half of so I found that fascinating I mean I even listened to her music before she was ever on Housewives so I was aware that she made great trashy dance pop she makes great trashy dance pop that like it sits in with other gay divas so I knew her music so like I was an Erica Jane fan and, not, and I totally get why people are like, she brought nothing to the show, but like, and I found that fascinating because in Housewives, you need like combustible big personalities. You need a point of view character. Like for example, on Beverly Hills, I would argue that was Eileen Davidson for a long time. And then someone like Erica, this kind of mysterious withholding, is she going to give or is she going to take? You need, it's part of the stew that makes a great Housewives recipe, I suppose. Yeah. She's so for herself. anybody, well, I'm sort of curious because like I, you know, um, I just got into the housewives this past plague, um, because we started the podcast. <laughs> Molly just so highly recommended this, <laughs> and I said, Okay, this is this calling to me. Okay, but I am curious because, like, when we're talking about just for anybody that isn't as up on the housewives as yes. you guys are that's listening, you know, so when you're talking about Erica Jean's stoicism or just sort of like, like, and withdrawal, like her being withdrawn. I feel like we saw it a lot on this season where, you know, the whole, I feel like there was this whole pattern this season that actually became comical where it was like, I didn't tell you last night, but here's the actual crazy thing right. that happened. Yeah. I didn't yeah. tell, I tell you. you last night, but a meteorite hit jo- Tom's <laughs> right. house. And you went last right, night, right. ladies, Tom visited me in a dream and he said, I want you to go. And ladies, it wasn't Tom. It was Beelzebub. I got a lot going on. She just comes out with these weird clangers. I'm like, what? That impression is so fucking good. (laughs) Thank you. And I should say, fully, as I've said on my own podcast, fully stolen from Sex Unique Podcast. They're genius. So you're nailing it. I'm just doing an impression of impression, but thank you. If there's like an Erica Drain drag show in (laughs) Ireland, I hope that you are lined up first like you will slay okay it'd have to be like a satire wouldn't it? if i think i if i think i did a show celebrating it right now people might be like mm, read the room it's be like, <laughs> satire. actually that's a really good idea like really good idea i i think with her stoicism so i was yeah, like where did that start like was that always like that or is this new yeah, I thought you were going to say that. And I've been trying to watch season six, which is her first season. I started yeah. it today while in the background while I was working. And first of all, it's an incredible season. It's the season where Kyle gets uninvited from Nikki Hilton's birthday to, or birthday, wedding to a Rothschild, which is insane. Uh, it's, it's Yolanda's Munchausen thing, which in retrospect is even crazier than I yeah. thought it was at the time. Cause I wasn't watching at the time, but so in this season, her debut season, Erica's tagline, and I made a note of this to talk to you guys about is 
I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle with money. And so I think this is a really good segue into the, into the astrology because I don't think anyone who's an enigma wrapped in a riddle knows that they're an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Like my fiance is a double Scorpio. He's an enigma wrapped in a riddle and he thinks he's like not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. It's almost like she's, well, it's like, cause even during this season, there are a few moments where it almost seems like, you know, when like you're guilty of something and you don't actually want to say that you're guilty, but you're like, before it becomes a thing, you kind of hint like, you yeah. know, the, the whole, like the way that she even said, like announced that she's getting a divorce and they're like, wow, there's so much going on. And she's like, and you don't even know how much is about to go on. You don't even know how much is about to be hit with me. It's almost like that tagline is the same kind of thing where it's like, yeah, everyone wants, basically it's saying like, everyone wants to know how I get all this money and ha 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 ha, does it make sense? And it's like, mm. Right, like, why are you teasing us with it? That's, I feel, the cancer. I don't know. So, Connor, you're more the expert. How, what has this trajectory been from her first time on our screen asserting herself as an enigma wrapped in a riddle and money to today where that enigma, which I'm proud of her for knowing that word, is unraveling? <laughs> I just might have given it to her for the rest. Yeah, I love how I I you've I've forgotten that that was her first season tagline. Like, because the way she goes, I'm an enigma wrapped in the middle, and then she goes, and cash, and, and it's cash. like oh, we get it. You love money. So her first wait, season, wait, wait, real quick, it's so crazy that it was cash and not money because it's like yeah, really sifting piles of cash from one account to the. other. It's like it wasn't even yes. credit cards. It was literal cash that belonged to widows and orphans. <laughs> she even was in like <laughs> dealing the money with her hands. Oh. Um. So her first season was interesting because I remember like she was such a breath of fresh air character because, you know, she had this more outrageous sense of style. She had this sideline as a pop star that was quite, you know, she had this sexy, brassy pop queen image that the women on Beverly Hills actually seemed a little bit affronted by. Like there was this whole running storyline of, oh my God, did you see her music video? She's so raunchy. She's so this, blah, blah, blah. They couldn't believe it. And so she was a little bit more or she read anyway as more relaxed and a bit more fun loving than the rest of the cast. And certainly, you know, one thing even now you can say about Erica is her approach to fashion and having a glam squad and turning all these crazy looks for like the most mundane of scenes sort of made them all change their game where from then on, everyone on Beverly Hills started dressing up way more all the time. I think as wow, it went so you on- you think that she really influenced like how sort of gaudy and costumed they all were? For sure. If you look wow. at like, there's definitely a pre-Erica Jane Beverly Hills and a post-Erica Jane Beverly Hills. And to, you know, obviously now I feel differently about Erica, but I do appreciate that when she was asked with that, she always would say, well, look at the women on Housewives of Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta and they always dress up. And I think she was acknowledging that like in this wider universe, there is a show centered mainly by black women where they always give us a level of glam that we don't always bother it, which I appreciate it. But she kind of, for Beverly Hills, Erica set a certain glamour level, I think. And then as her time in the show went on, you know, the idea that she was too cold and not revealing enough information, I think started to become a bit of a, a sticking point for other cast members, particularly when Dorit joined the show this season after. And Dorit and her initially clashed. And Dorit's screen time loving husband, PK, was equally, <laughs> you know, oh, I think you're cold as well, Erica. Um, there was a lot of that kind of back and forth about Erica's sort of lack of, I guess, warmth. And then we'd see peaks where she'd have a moment where Tom, where she would let her guard down or she'd reference her son and how emotional that made her. So she was sort of 
bubbly breath of fresh air. Then she seems too removed from the action. And then I think she floated into this sort of almost like half drag persona, half like removed from the action as her seasons went on. Then taking us to now where it's, I think this will be her sixth season on the show. And she's kind of, in some ways, falling apart at the seams, but then having these moments where she's acting, she's like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Oh, you know, uh, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm like, okay, but we know that, like, you're going to tell us a tall tale about your husband in mere seconds. So, yeah, she's had a really strange run on the show, I think. So what do you think she meant with that season six tagline in her first season? Like, what do you think was, what do you think she thinks is the enigma and riddle of herself? Like, what is her riddle of the Sphinx in her mind? Because I know she came from, like, you know, all these women like to say they came from humble beginnings, but- I think she actually did. She actually did, right? She was working as like a waitress when she met Tom and then they got married. Um, Like, that's not- particularly enigmatic to me and you married an old rich guy like so what do you think in her mind is the 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 riddle and enigma of erica jane i think in a way too like i do remember like when she first started in the show there was more of an attempt to have her to address her as erica girardi like day to day and then say erica jane was the stage persona and as the show went on they just all call her erica jane and i think that first season tagline was her sort of gassing up her pop star image, but also, you know, and the, the scenes have been replayed now through a different lens, I think of. In that first season, she was setting up for the viewer her lifestyle, which was, we take private planes. It's just a famous line where she goes, being broke sucks and being rich is a lot better, which now everyone's like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> like, feels so gross out of context. So I think she was trying to front, like she had money in her first season because of all the housewife shows, Beverly Hills is the most opulent, the most kind of like, look how rich I am. And, I think she was trying to say, like, there's more to me. I'm, you know, I'm not just a woman who married a rich older guy. I'm a pop star and I've got money. And wouldn't you like to know why? And she was misbuilding. And in a funny way, now she's been a pain to say this season. Oh, I spent the last years building my own amount of money so I could get out. I was doing this, so I'd have my own money. So maybe from the jump on Housewives, her logic was, oh, you don't even know about me. Come see about me. Come learn about what I have because that will keep you on the show. You know, if you've got a story that is, I guess, bubbling away that needs to be told. Well, I was going to say, like, just as a viewer, like, of this season and then, like, otherwise clips, and I've been just trying to get out, because I'm fascinated by this character, and I did watch the the Hustler and the Housewives special and all of that. I sort of, I stand by that, like, I don't know, and we can get into the details of it, like, I don't know exactly what she knew, but I think it's, like, sort of like the if I did it, mentality like I think more criminals get caught they want you I think that she actually was alluding to the fact that she knows it doesn't make sense that she and Tom are that rich like I think that she I think until you get busted and maybe just because I have like a bit of a criminal mind of my own you know like until you get I I always even when I do things and nothing like that criminal but like I do like I do toe the line off some low level stalking (laughs) <laughs> low level stalking like or like you know may, may or may not like still i do a lot of like quote unquote wrong things but like like even like my apartment in philly where i was like chain smoking but then i was like i had molly come in like can you smell it like i'm sort of not always there's something about i think when we do things that are um i don't know the, the word's not wrong but like when we do things that are like risk risky risque in whatever way that until we actually get busted or are gonna get busted we also get a, like i think our ego enjoys the fact that we're getting away with something so i actually think that like she at that point she probably never thought that it was actually gonna come out like that they had all of this 
like stolen money basically and i think that she was i think that she was blatantly addressing just based on what i know now like ha 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 you're all gonna be so curious about how i have so much money and it's like <laughs> yeah now we really now we really are but like i think at the time she would have been proud of it especially if she didn't know the actual details of whose money and how but if it was like i know it i think that was sort of like a, i know it makes no sense but like you know get it get into it like get curious but before she actually thought people would actually be getting into it and getting curious yeah it's, she really yeah. does keep giving these red flags that she maybe, there's more going on yeah like in one of the first episodes of this season she's talking about something like i'll do this i'll do this but you won't get a confession out of me i'll never confess right. she actually said that on mic in a confessional i was right. like, and like there's anybody who has nothing to confess to like it, it that language wouldn't come it's like it, it's not in my mind to there's nothing i have to confess to so right. like that 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 language isn't in my psyche like i think when stuff like that comes out it's because like oh it's been rolling around in there mm -hmm. it, it's funny too because i like a few years ago i read erica's book and i think she has said this in interviews anyway that when she was approached to do housewives it was through yolanda who she's i mean the friendships that bring people onto show and housewives sometimes feel tenuous sometimes i think it's i know them from the golf club i don't know how friendly they were or weren't but Yolanda did recommend Erica per Erica's story at least and Erica said at that time she was seriously considering kind of stepping back from the pop star thing because I think she'd taken it kind of as far as it could go off her own but I mean it's clearly a vanity project in terms of they were paying a lot of money for it to look like a Kylie Minogue project on right. you know a spoiled millionaire's budget but I think in terms of the touring and having billboard dance hits, whatever, it had hit a bit of a wall. But she said that when she went to sign up for the show and sign a contract, she went to Tom and said, okay, can you look over this? Like he went, just sign it because right now, like you need them more than they need you. Just do it for your profile. Like just do the show. Like why not? And I do, I come back to that in my head a bit because I'm like, if Tom was really worried about their money situation getting out or his name being involved, would he have said to her then and there, don't do this or if you do it, sign it this way. Like it's either the arrogance of you'll never get me or he was truly deluded into thinking they'll never like, they'll never check. Go ahead, do the show, babe. Or she was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, why would I have anything to hide? It's very, I don't know. I personally have a feeling she might've knew something shady was afoot, how involved she was, but like the alleged embezzlement and all that kind of stuff is another as another question. Yeah, I think he probably also was desperate to, like, I always wonder why the men sign on for these. Like, because, mm. you know, it's it's a family decision and I feel like it benefits the women so much. And I feel like he just wanted to floss his lifestyle. Like, if you're going out of your way to steal from widows and orphans, allegedly, so that you can fly in a private jet when first class would be just as good like, <laughs> what's wrong with first class like if you're really that obsessed with that image and that opulence i feel like he he was hoisted by his own petard because he was like "Ooh, actually like i have this trophy wife i have she has this trophy career that i'm funding i can show off my trophy private jets like okay let's do this you know well and i also sort of think that you know and i have his chart up too I sort of think that he, I mean, look, at the end of the day, she's his third wife. He's put a ton of money. Like if he is alleged, like if he is embezzling this money and, and we're actually seeing where it's going, which is this fledgling pop, pop career. 
I sort of think that what we're seeing him do now is play it out almost according to plan. Like, I think that it's really convenient that all of a sudden he has like dementia and Mm -hmm. the fact that he has a number two, like, I think that he kind of always was like, I know that number two, like, like he can pin it on, like if he just dies, she will have to handle this. Like she is going to be on the line for money regardless, right? Like there's no way that she is not going to be sued in this case with him. And, And if he, you know, he's not an idiot, right? So like the fact that like, they're basically pulling all of the facts to show like, it was this amount of money and this amount was, was, you know, deposited into the EJ worldwide, EJ global <laughs> bank account. It's like on some level, he was fucking her in the end, no matter what. Yeah. I just love the way that their vanity and greed, both of them, because, you know, no matter how much money your partner is making, like, it doesn't make sense for a lawyer to afford a private jet. So like a normal person would be questioning that and being like, hang on a minute, how are we affording this? So like they definitely at least, she at least looked the other way knowing that it's blatantly shady. And I think they were both just hoisted by their own vanity and greed. And now she's caught in this machine of having to talk about it on television for her career so that she can eat. Like, because she's not gonna have money otherwise. You know what I could see when we're asking the question of like, why did Tom let her do this? Or like, why did they even allow, if they were doing criminal activity, to me, there is like a sort of delusion. And I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's almost like um, in in the vein of like sort of Ponzi schemes, right? Like, let's just say that they both knew that he was taking settlement money and putting it into her career. In a perfect world, I imagine that she was like, look, Tom, now I'm going to try to do the accent too, just like (laughs) now I'm competitive with Connor. Like, look, Tom, if you put it into my career because of Housewives, my profile will skyrocket and I'll actually make money from EJ Enterprises or whatever. Like, I almost Mm. feel like it was the kind of thing where it was like, okay, okay, if she does Housewives, that will really up her profile. Then the pop career will actually have some kind of like, you know, payday or residuals. Like, I think they probably thought like, okay, if we actually just up her status, then she might really have a shot of making money on her, in her own business, at which point they could pay the money back or they could at least have the money for when they got got, right? I don't think that he expected her, like when they're talking about how her business actually has brought in like negative profit, like there's no profit from her business. The music, there's no profit. The, you know, all the things that she sells, all the deals that she has, there's no profit. So I do feel like on some level, I could see them having a conversation behind the scenes where they're deciding whether or not she should do housewives. And it's like, no, Tom, this will be the thing that launches me into superstardom, which in certain ways it did, Mm -hmm. but it didn't actually mean like a bottom line for her business. I mean, to me, if we're talking about money that she has like stashed away, it probably, to to me, the only thing that makes sense is that if it's the the paycheck from housewives. (coughs) Yeah, definitely. She had quite, I mean, it was interesting. There was a point a few years ago where I really noticed Erica was building a, a, a outside of Beverly Hills Housewives profile that few real housewives even then and now managed. Like she was on Dancing with the Stars. The book did well. She did a kind of a mini tour, like I guess like theater slash club tour, like just headlining herself. Like she did Chicago on Broadway, which obviously got cut a little bit short because of the pandemic. I think she didn't do the last few weeks 
of it as a result of that. So like you could see her building a celebrity profile and a name recognition and doing brand collabs. And I kind of thought, oh, actually Erica could cross over, maybe not in the way that Bethany and Nini and Lisa Vanderpump did, but definitely in a kind of like, I mean, I, I was told by someone who worked with her a few years ago that she was being managed by Scooter Braun. Now, I don't know. What? That was something I was told. Someone who, like, a source, I don't have many sources in life, but I, of course, have one for Erica Jane because I, who are you talking to? <laughs> but I was told that, and I remember thinking, mm, that's interesting because surely to work with him, you'd have to have a lot of, like, belief that you'd make Scooter Braun money. And then there was famously in the last year a rumor that, the two of them met in some LA sex club and had an affair and they even discussed it on the show. And I think either Garcelle or Carlos says, oh, what about Scooter Braun? And Eric goes, I heard that. It's not true. I mean, so at some point I do, I mean, listen, how true or not the Scooter Braun thing is, not the sex room, but the management rumor. I don't think they, I don't think they had an affair because he looks like a woodchuck. And that and also it would it would have gotten out in a real way. But the idea that he may have been manager to me suggested that someone involved with Erica said, we think we could make you a star outside of just, and this in reality TV fame is lucrative. We're in the Instagram influencer era. There's no shame in it, but breaking into more of a mainstream kind of form. So it's interesting that all this has happened because I do think at some point, if this hadn't gone down, Erica might've crossed over in a way. Yeah. I, I also, you know, I don't think that they thought it was going to be profitable enough to offset his embezzlement, alleged embezzlement. I think it was truly just how big can we make ourselves? Like, I think it was just the two of them being greedy. I think it's just greed, greed, greed. So Sarah, what can you tell us about Erica's chart? Why is she mm. a riddle wrapped in an enigma with cash? I love this. Okay. So now, to be clear, when we're talking about Virgo and Erica's chart, I it, so it's very hard to get a an official birth time for these people, but I, I found in two different sources that she's a Virgo rising. That is neither here nor there. It is not confirmed. And like Molly mentioned earlier, we don't even know if she's, it wouldn't shock us if we found out she was like low-key 75 and just playing a 50-year-old, just <laughs> yeah, getting I really think good she, work. No, I so think she we is. don't know. <laughs> That's one thing I'm like, actually, I do think she's 50. She I actually, know, that, that was my response too. I yeah. can't believe she's 50. Like, I think she looks like 40 tops. Oh, yeah. She looks amazing. She does have yeah. the best work. I, I would say, if, and I just want to go on record for this. And to be clear, even though she definitely is a shady as shit character, I actually liked her. I, I've only seen this season, and I and I told Molly, I sort of stan her. I like her this season. Even if, <laughs> oh, that's no. because you love crime. I love crime, and I love criminals. <laughs> and I, I think that she is doing an incredible – I mean, if this were me, cancer son to cancer son, she's a cancer son. If this were me on this show, I would find – I would be like, oh, no, I have lupus. I got a trip, and I would just – I would never show up on screen having these i would just that was like the first thing they kept like i would be i'd be i'd be criminally lying about why i could no longer participate in the show and i'd let everyone talk and i would not show up and try to make this a narrative where i was actually like somehow the victim or like i mean i just i i i I really give her, I applaud her for carrying this season on her back. When I started watching this season, you know, I'm not in love with the housewives as a whole. I've never watched until really now. But when I binge watch these things, there's usually some moment where it's like, oh, now this is good. When the Erica Jane stuff started to unravel on this season of Housewives, I'm texting Molly like, thank you so much for getting me into this. I've never been so alive. I love this so much. <laughs> Because she is really carrying the weight of this show on her shoulders right now. I mean, she is why this has become 
so fascinating. So I, I like her for that. She's a real unsung hero in my book, but oh, she's cancer, sun, Aquarius, moon, Virgo rising. That's what the word on the street is. Obviously mm-hmm. she's, she's an enigma. So we don't know, but like you're a cancer sun, Sarah, you're a Virgo sun, Connor. Aquarians yes. are usually a little bit of a sociopath. So Sarah, as a cancer son, what do you see in her behavior that actually does resonate with you that you can highlight for us to learn more about what a cancer son really is? Okay, so a few things. First and foremost, I think in the most recent episodes where they're talking about, like when she's really upset about Tom being in the um, facility, like the the old age home or the, you know, um, and then I think one of the women makes a comment like I could see the maternal energy in her coming out where like, even though Tom isn't her, you know, husband anymore, isn't her lover anymore. Like she does care about him. Now I do think that she also cared more about like the fact that she knows that he's slowly throwing her under the fucking bus. Yeah. But I think that the, you know, cancer son, number one, I think that caring about, about everybody's sort of um, well-being to whatever degree she actually does is very cancerian to be like i don't want him does i do think that she i think that before she realized that he was throwing her under the bus in one of these homes i do think that she was like let him just let him fade out in his mansion like don't put him i do think the 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 facilities for people with dementia and alzheimer's are probably really weird and it probably does upset her to think that this person who she knew as the rock and the foundation of her life is all of a sudden you know, gonna, not only going to throw her under the fucking bus, but also is going to be just in, in bad conditions and not being taken care of. I also think that it's upsetting to her in whatever, in whatever way that it's her, that it's his brother that's taking over his trust and it's not her or. Well, that's what happens when you fucking bounce at the first sign of something fucked up happening. Like in this most recent episode, when she's like, his whole family just fled the minute they heard that there was something going on. <laughs> but see, that's so where I you. think. So did you. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. But see, I think that's where she's outing herself because I think what I think, I don't think she's setting herself up for any kind of good press because I think when she's saying that, what she's actually indicating to us is that that she is doing the thing she's being accused of, which is this divorce was, he said to her, Erica, leave me now and because there was a news article too that I sent you the other day that just came out that was like they did find Erica Jane offshore accounts like I actually think that she and Tom and whether whatever he's going through right now I think I don't think she just bounced when they all got bad I think that they had a plan yeah I don't I think that he at least made her think that they were on the same team and that he had her back I think that this divorce was not what she said it was I don't think that it was like oh no I caught wind of what was going on and I divorced I think he was like babe now's the time get out right before or get out early enough that people aren't going to know what we're doing and then they still kind of did but I do think that they're in on it together to whatever degree I think she thought it was just creative accounting Connor, yes. do you yes. see maternal qualities in her, in, in Erica? Cancer is the mommy of the Zodiac. It's the MILF of the Zodiac, which maybe makes a little more sense for Erica. I've never heard MILF of the Zodiac. That's iconic. Um, Sarah's I, shirt. This is, the, this is our merch. Cancer MILF squad. <laughs> oh my God, I squad. I want to be part of one day. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think everything you're saying is really interesting. And the idea that they have some kind of arrangement or a way that they work together is very 
like it makes sense in a lot of ways, but I'm also curious about how much they were or weren't even just talking to, talking to each other in the last years of the marriage because that was something that would come up in the show. Like Erica's first season, Tom was in, you know, a fair amount of scenes considering and then was in a lot less of the show as she stayed on the show longer. And particularly when she went to Chicago and, you know, that has now been litigated on this season of when he didn't turn up for the opening night of the Broadway show. Like, I think that time, really hurt her. I think that yeah. was like really genuinely like, I think she was deeply hurt by that. And that's where it's like, maybe it's not maternal, but it is like, wanting certain things from your family expecting certain things from the people that are with you you know saying i'm gonna i'm gonna go down with you on this i will go down with this ship or whatever (laughs) (laughs) she should cover that (laughs) yeah dude oh my god like that ladies (laughs) when you're marrying someone that much older than you who has that much more money than you you're putting yourself into a childlike position you're not putting yourself into a mommy position you're becoming but i do think that when someone's that much older than you you do know if she was going to spend the rest of her life with him there was going to be a switch where in her 60s and 70s she was then taking care of him like a parent like i do think that there's a very parental back and forth where it's like i'll be the kid now and then when you're too old to not pee in the toilet and you're wearing adult diapers i'll take care of you then like i do think when you marry someone way older you know that you're also signing up to be their caregiver yeah i don't know i i just want i have been trying to figure that you know as a long time viewer of the show and just someone who was fascinated by their dynamic how much like how much they were just communicating the last years which is i think really the core of this because a lot of people are she must have known and she must have been in on the money with him and they're like, there's no way she just took the money, but I am like, and just didn't question things. But I'm wondering if he wasn't really engaging with her and he was either, you know, if, if it is related to dementia and he was actually just kind of withering away in a sense, or he was just kind of turning on her. I mean, her story has flip-flopped a little bit. I do underneath, I think the marriage probably wasn't in the best place the last few years. The arrangement and the setup wasn't something she was necessarily into. And she still has, I think she does have feelings for him and did have feelings for him. And also there is resentment and hurt there because she's going through something difficult. But also I do think she's shitting it because she knows on some level, as you mentioned earlier, she's on the hook for some of this, particularly if he were to die or or something worse. You know, if he is in a particularly incapacitated position, it could fall on her to answer a lot of difficult questions where... Her name is on stuff, but she's like, I was just told to sign. Because even Kathy Hilton says that one more. She goes, oh, just Rick right. asked me to sign things and I just signed. Like, I mean, that same does with Rena. Rena said the yeah. same thing. She was like, yeah, but Harry Kathy something- also plays really dumb. I don't think she's as dumb as she acts. I this fucking love is- Kathy, side note. Wait, uh, Connor, if you do do um, some kind of an Erica Jane drag show, you do need to do that song. Oh yeah, white flag. <laughs> yeah, yes. do white flag. So I love that with this ship. <laughs> okay. okay, and it'll roll three times. The <laughs> ship okay. will roll three times, and I'll spread my ankle. I want to say I just had another epiphany about how, why she's so cancer, and it's very cancer Aquarius, right? Because I feel like when you see so so cancer sun means that like her I am is that she is seeking comfort and support in the area of home, right? And home and family. Mm. Number one, her marrying somebody who 
did have a lot of money. She, you know, while she was cocktail waitressing, she did have a child. So I think number one, it makes sense that she would make a decision, not only on behalf of herself, but on behalf of this child that she has to support. Like she would say, okay, I will sacrifice my actual love life or my, my sex life so that my child can actually have enough money to be comfortable. Number one, Good number point. two, I and think it still that turned whole, out to be a cop. It's very disappointing, extremely disappointing. And, and ironic, it, all, when all is said and done. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. But I will say the other piece of it that I'm, I'm now going, oh, this is very cancer, is where it's like, I think, you know, okay, so she made this choice where she's like, okay, you'll be my caretaker, then I'll be your caretaker. And either way, let's both make sure that my child is taken care of, right? But then when we see what she does with that money that he is funneling into her bank account, like her opening that Erica Jane clubhouse and her really creating a home for herself that was out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if within the actual home, which was, you know, this bajillion dollar mansion, like if she actually didn't feel super comfortable there, I think the fact that she used her money, not only to just like create this identity and career for herself, but that she actually like, you know, had a separate space that she made her like I in that scene where she closes the Erica Jean clubhouse down I think that was probably so heartbreaking for her because that was her home that that separate space where she got to work on the Erica Jean like you know the Erica Jean glam and the Erica Jean fashion and that really felt like a place of her own I think like long game I could see that that was you know another sign or another person might not have been so serious about cre like she, she had more than enough space in their home to make the entire west wing an Erica Jane west wing but she didn't want that she wanted a place that was separate that was just hers I think a lot of what cancer sons and she has a cancer sun cancer venus cancer mercury so Whoa. what she's really seeking at the end of the day is a feeling of being protected is a feeling of being you know having having four walls like the little crab shell that go hey i i'm protecting you in all areas and i think when she was probably at her separate space that she felt like wow i made it like it wasn't about even the you know, the, I mean, I think she wants fame. I think she wanted fame. I think, you know, it's interesting too, when we get into her moon and the Aquarius, because her North node, meaning the Dharma, the fate of her life is also in Aquarius on her moon. So she actually is meant to not only be a public figure, but be more detached. Okay. That's fascinating because I was going to say she's such an ill, ill-equipped Aquarius to me, but also that's because that's her life. That's her Dharma. We don't, we, we're not great at our North nodes. Yeah. We're supposed to be becoming good at it. So one last thing that is very cancer to me is when she gets aggressive and like yeah. when she, I hate that part of her. It really just makes me not like her as a person when she was mm -hmm. threatening, threatening Sutton. Like how mm -hmm. could you threaten Sutton? Like <laughs> all she did was say that you lied, what you did. And like, that was when she got all like, she was like a dog with a bone and she was like a cancer crab with the thing in the claw and like slamming it against the rock. Like, well, you can see how protective she is of her image of the narrative. I mean, the thing that no one ever says about cancers, but they certainly say it about mothers is that they're highly controlling and they're doing a lot of at home behind closed doors things mm. to maintain whatever semblance of like, control and controlling the narrative and controlling, you know, the sort of the storyline. Now, I want to say that I did hate watching her get so aggressive with Sutton because it was ridiculous, except that I also am anti. I actually like Erica more than I like Sutton what? because Sutton lost me with I don't see color. 
Yeah. That was, oh, that was, I couldn't, that was, I would, she deserves to get fucking chest, chest bumped a little bit because fuck you. No, yeah, but that's asked, not what Erica was reacting to. Erica didn't give a crap about that. Right. Of course. I'm just saying on my, in, on a personal sense, when I'm watching the show, like if she had been coming after another one of the women, you know, in, in a way that was like, to me, Sutton, even if that wasn't why I wanted to shut Sutton, the minute that Sutton was really trying to say like, you know, no, I'm not talking about race. I was like, fuck you. I'm done with you. Yeah, that was really, really stupid. That was very It's interesting, stupid. though, because you've kind of hit on, like, I, I, I know what you mean about the Sutton thing, and it's funny because when that whole thing with Sutton and Crystal went down, the Housewives fandom was very like, this is so, get her off the show. And now because Sutton is going after Erica's story with a bit of, like, you know, investigative journalist qualities, people are on her side. But it does show that in the group, Sutton is, is you know, the more nervy one, the more kind of afraid to say, like her first season, she was a friend of and it was obvious that Sutton was uncomfortable with some of the confrontations required of being on the show so like in the group she's maybe in some ways perceived as weaker if you will and when they do the flashbacks the season of Erica blowing up at Eileen Davidson and Teddy Mellencamp you know Eileen Davidson was like very warm and kind and not really didn't really go toe to toe in, in the way the rest of them did and then Teddy was always kind of the goofy, dorky, horse girl, like, I'm not like other girls, kind of, like, for lack of a less mean term, loser of the group. So, like, <laughs> Erica, when she has her, like, don't you ever say that to me, it's like she will go after someone who, in her head, is lower status or easy to go up against. Like, Erica's not saying that to Lisa Rinna or even yeah. Kyle Richards, and certainly not Kathy Hilton. So, and even Garcelle, who has been a little bit cynical about, you know, Garcelle is friends with Sutton, and it seems to be friends with her outside of the show, and is echoing what Sutton has said and said and you know Garcelle very rightly brought up like the struggle the victims must be going through and you know that was a time where Erica did kind of go yes that is what's most important so like you know <laughs> with her Erica, eyes I, yeah I used to love the odd Erica Jane flash of anger because before it was far less lower it was much lower stakes mm-hmm. now it feels right. like she's just being an asshole but she still is cons- like considered in how she uses that anger because if she was just someone who's about to snap at whoever, like if she thought to Lisa Rinna, Lisa Rinna would dog walk her. I mean, Lisa Rinna is kind of full of shit, but like she would not let someone talk shit at her like that. So, well, it, and I also but, think that yeah. that's where Rinna, when we see the sort of like alliances forming, like I think that, you know, Erica just made a statement saying like the only one that I'm friends with is Rinna because mm. Rinna's my, Rinna never like, you know, Rinna never like questioned me or Rinna, you know, whatever. And I think that part of that is that Rinna, um, who I believe is also a cancer, is sort of, I think that she knows where to, like, I think that she knows better. I, I don't think Rinna wants to be yelled at by Erica. So whereas Erica is saying like, Rinna is my only true friend. I think Rinna is just like, I am not going to be yelled at by this bitch. Like I am, yeah. I'm protecting, my, I would rather you think that I am, pro Erica Jane and anti, you know, whoever else she's had beef with. Whereas I think that Brenna actually isn't such a good friend to Erica as much as she is actually playing the game as well and going, I'm not getting in this fight. I and you know of- as well, yeah. No, you go. Sorry, go ahead. I think the one thing with Lisa Rinna as well is, and it's been this running kind of almost joke on the show this season is every time Erica appears or like, you know, Rinna gets the tour of Erica's quote unquote small apartment, which is still nicer than most homes I've ever been in. Know. You know, Rinna says things like, it's good you're here. <gasps> I'm glad you showed up. She just is in her head having worked with Denise Richards who bailed halfway through filming last year, who's worked with Lisa Vanderpump, who spent years playing them all like a game of chess and then ducked out halfway through filming. She's saying, 
I'm glad you're here earning the paycheck and coming up on camera as much as you can. The mm. way I, Lisa Rinna, always do. I always go there. I own it, blah, blah, blah. Like she sees Erica as a team player and kind of a co-worker who is turning up to work as much as she does someone that she's in alignment with. So I think- Yeah, I agree. It's so funny seeing Rinna like react in that kind of like, ah, it's good you're or going to the apartment and be like, Erica, so gorgeous. So you. Oh, oh, yeah. that is you, baby. Oh, wow. And it's like, she's just kind of saying you're on camera and I appreciate you coming to work today. Well, because we forget that Rin is like one of the only ones there that actually is a workhorse. I mean, she was yes. on one of the longest running soap operas, which is the most rigorous shooting schedule, which is the most, I mean, she has been, you know, chewed up and spit out and back to the fact that even now lips and big lips are so in. I remember being a kid and Lisa Rinna getting her lips on and it being like the biggest joke ever. And it's like, she actually is the pioneer of what's like the biggest trend in Hollywood now. So I think that Rinna does have a certain respect for Erica in terms of like, yeah, girl, like you, we, I agree with you. Like, yeah, we show up, we show up to work even when it's hard. Yeah. yeah. But I also think I respect so, okay, I, I have not watched every season of Beverly Hills because I find it really boring. And I think that- Right, it was the, boring without this Erica drama. I was like, yeah. I'm like six episodes in and I'm like- I also think this? like, yeah, I really like Lisa Rinna, but I heard she was terrible last season and I'm very upset about that because she was my, she was the only one who seemed entertaining to me and I love watching her, but it sucks that she was bad to Denise last season and like, kind of borderline homophobic, I guess, was what people were saying. Why is she? In what way? Well, is this whole thing, last season's main storyline was Denise Richards had allegedly had some kind of sexual relationship or affair with Brandy Glanville. And Brandy Glanville brought it up because she thought it was an open marriage thing. But then when Denise told her, you can't tell anyone, Brandy said, I don't do infidelity. My life is ruined by infidelity. Leanne Ryan's Eddie Sebrina, of course. Right. And so she took it to the group and the women were like, Denise, you're lying. We want to know why you're lying. Denise swore up and down. No, I didn't do this. And some of the conversation about, about Denise and Brandy went from, oh, why didn't she just tell us this too? I just, wow, Denise and Brandy. And I'm like, oh my God, if Denise is like low-key bisexual, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. it's not a big deal, you know? And everyone said Rena was kind of like really nasty to her. But this season, I actually respect Rena's approach with Erica more than I respect Kyle and Dorit because- Right, they're just <laughs> really like, they're like, they're so two-faced. Like they're, they're so playing pretending. Both sides of the fence. They're really, I mean, but I did, I mean, I will say for- for television's sake, it was a such a funny scene. Oh. And I actually related to them so much when they were recounting the stories to their husbands and their husbands were just like, girls. Because, <laughs> yeah. but, but the, and the reason I like that is like, they actually weren't trying to play both sides, but I have been so in that position where it's been like my boyfriend or like a male, someone in my life kind of being the voice of reason of like, you don't get how ridiculous this is and being like, oh <laughs> shit. Like, I don't think they would have been so two-faced if they both didn't have husbands in their ear going, this is preposterous. Yeah, but I think Kyle has said things in confessionals like it's not adding up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but say it to her face. Like, I just really also can't stand Kyle. I don't like her. Yeah, I really I, like Kyle. I like that I we like her. when we have different tastes in people. I like I stand Kyle and I stand Erica. I think Kyle <gasps> Brave. Is, <laughs> Brave. Yeah. I just <laughs> think Kyle, cancer. I like someone that's gonna like go down fighting. The thing about Kyle is that the way that she threw Kim under the bus repeatedly for years, like, yeah, I'm right, sorry, right. if my sister and I went on a TV show and midway through 
it was clear that she was in crisis, I would never speak of her on camera again until she sorts it out and feels comfortable with it. Like I agree with that. that. Yeah, I think that Kyle there, really didn't have compassion for Kim while she's yeah, really she's going like, through an addiction abuse. Like my sister is going through so many issues, knowing that then they're gonna play a flashback of Kim acting like a maniac, like when she's like, wasted. Yeah. I just, I, I think that's unforgivable to me. I really just don't like Kyle. And she's, mm-hmm. she's a charisma vacuum. But she's, I like her this it's funny season. that she's the only one that's been on every single, like she is yeah. the housewife's goat. I don't know how. She, she, yeah. yeah. She has definitely got this, like, I mean, even having seen so many people join the housewives bandwagon here in the last year, Kyle really appeals to like, some of the viewers as this kind of like normal, just like you or I character, which is funny because in a way her lifestyle is so often, but also she does seem a little bit more, I guess, down to earth in a sense. I mean, I flip flop a bit. I've enjoyed her this season, but I know what you mean. In the past, she's kind of, she can be quite, you know, I've definitely, there's definitely been seasons where she has clearly been trying to manipulate the cast more than she would let on. But yeah, I don't know. I actually quite enjoy the season and it is funny her and then she's been like, Something's not adding up. And I'm like, yeah, but as you say, maybe we could address this with our blonde friend when we see them next. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. Throwing like, under the bus. Throwing her under the bus. 100%. Like in every confessional, Kyle's like, this isn't adding up. And then she's the one that's in every group thing being like, tell her how you really feel. Tell her how you really feel. Tell her how you really feel. And it's like, bro, you tell them how you really feel. This is why <laughs> you should I be don't... on Housewives. That would be iconic. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, bro. I'll go mediate. I'll go life coach mediate. Mm. <laughs> this is why I don't like Beverly Hills because they're never direct and it's just not really good television. They're all just talking around the problems and it's just boring. But let's talk about Erica's Aquarius moon. So, okay. So this is really interesting, right? So she has all of this cancer, which means on cer- on a certain level, it's, it's you know, the, it is the mommy, it is the maternal, but it's also Wait, real the quick, crab. Connor, do you know about like moon signs? Kind of, as in, so you mentioned sun earlier. So sun is the main one and then moon is- So yeah, sun so is moon- like the radiant energy. Sun is the yes. I am. It's with the solar energy, right? Now she also has her Mercury and her Venus. So, you know, the elements of her- sun being what you see connected to her venus how she makes money how she makes love how she attracts her sort of divine goddess with her voice it's like she really is here on on a certain level like okay how is this also very cancer and then we'll we'll move on to her moon but it's like it's very cancer because she is if you look at her life she is doing this all to what she feels is to protect herself right like she was gonna she was a cocktail waitress at like a strip bar she was gonna marry some sugar daddy because it made her feel like she was then safe right like she was going to be taken care of and she was going to use her femininity and her feminine wares to be sort of like i need to be taken care of and then a daddy just showed up and like okay i'll take care of you right so that that makes sense to me now when we have a a moon in so not when we have it. The moon sign in the chart represents your emotionality. It's your truest sort of connection point to the soul. It's your inner self. It's why, Connor, if you're a Virgo moon, it's why you're like, I'm just going to do a backup recording just in case because <laughs> Virgos are all about function. Virgos yeah. are all about perfection and function. So what, what's your sun sign, Connor? He's a Virgo sun. I don't oh. know the other two. Oh, I thought yeah. you said Virgo moon. Okay, so Virgo sun, right. So you actually are 
radiating the energy of like, let's just do this right. I want, I, I, when I, I bet your podcast has no audio blips. I bet it sounds, I bet the audio is perfect. Like, I bet I'm you're such even a like, freak with the edits. Yes. I bet you're like, how could they be recording this on Zoom? I know that the audio is not as good as. No, I don't think that. But um, right, because Virgos care a lot about things being done right, things yeah. being done functionally, correctly, as perfect as possible. Okay, mm-hmm. so the moon sign, and I'll look at your chart later if we have time. But it's like the moon sign represents what's really going on underneath. It's what drives you emotionally. It's what it's what you need to feel safe. It's it's sort of the the place where you are behind closed doors, nurturing yourself. Right. So she's an Aquarius moon. Which And then I'm going to get to the nodes, but she's an Aquarius moon, which means on an emotional level, she's pretty detached. So if there was a sign that was able to justify embezzling money from orphans and widows, Mm -hmm. it would be an Aquarius moon. Because she's like, I could see an Aquarius moon sort of attitude being like, it's not my problem, or like, that's just how it goes. If if Tom said one time to her, hey, this is just business, and she's going, okay, it's just business, right? Like Aquarius moons can kind of emotionally detach themselves from whatever's going on they have the power of zooming so far out that they can actually they can see the big picture which in some cases ends up making them very humanitarian in nature or very um altruistic like caring about all people but on the darker side it can make it sort of like care about no people like i'm i'm able Mm. to really just turn off any of the feelings which is why we don't see erica getting emotional about the victims, we see her getting emotional about her reputation. Mm -hmm. We see her getting emotional about the way that she is being talked about and the way that she's, I mean, that's the thing too, when we're talking about people just like having guilt written on their face, the fact that the only thing that seems to get her this angry is the word lie and liar. It's like, um, like if somebody said like, Sarah, you're a liar, I would be like, that's weird. Like, I don't think I would fight any, I I would fight some people on things about me if, if I felt they were true and I needed to defend them, right? But if somebody said, Sarah, you are such a liar, I'd be like, duh, okay, anyway, because it so doesn't register to me as yeah. something that, that is like a problem for me. Like, I think what, yeah. what we're seeing is like, she's getting very protective of her image when she, that's why she doesn't care about the victims. She cares about the way that she is coming across, you know, what is Aquarius? The public, what is Aquarius? Broadcast, what is Aquarius? Fame, and sort of this like higher level global conversation. So the thing that she cares about in all of this, she doesn't have enough actual sensitivity to care about the victims. She cares about her reputation and she cares about what you're calling her and the way that you're viewing her marriage and making sure that her narrative in terms of the broadcast element of it is what she wants it to be. Also Aquarius, I always say it's like, so Aquarius is the water bearer. That's what it's symbolized. Yes. Like Virgo is the virgin. Aquarius is the water bearer. So picture like you know, when you're a little kid and your mom lets you play in the sink, like the sink is full and there's all the dishes and you're just standing there playing with the dishes, like washing them or whatever. That's, that's an ill developed Aquarius. Do you know what I mean? It's that little kid who's just like smashing the shit into the sink all. And then inside the the people, like that's the rest of the world. So like an Aquarius has the power to be sort of like this godlike figure that's manipulating everything that they view as beneath them, sort of. It's like- Well, and the thing too, I think that Molly's saying that's really nailing it is that like, 
in many ways, like Aquarius, even at its best, is still the sink. So it's sort of able to hold all of the drama. It's able to hold the water. It's able to hold the emotions. So it's almost like why Erica Jane keeps signing up to be on reality TV, because on a basic level, on a foundational soul level, she can handle the drama of her son and the cancer stuff and the whatever emotions are sent her way because at the end of the day even at her best an, an aquarius is able to hold space for all of the feelings but yeah that's interesting because she has kind of said that a lot she's been like i'm tough i can take it and even her tagline you know the strongest substance on earth isn't diamonds right. it's me or something like that that sort of that's idea very that aquarian she, that she is like as tough as nails you won't even you know they announced this reunion is gonna be four parts only in the second time in her house so proud that she, it's she's of like me. it's because it's of me and i'm like okay like weird flex but okay girl you're gonna <laughs> like, go to jail like what do you not get about this <laughs> it's like that video y'all are going to jail but period that's the thing. i feel like, like for an aquarius like she she's not that good at being that in control person who's bearing the water. Like she's not good mm. at controlling it. And she thinks she is like, she, she appears so calm, cool and collected, except for when she decides to cry. And mm. like, she, and there's like the genius of like not wiping it. Like I lo- that shot of her talking to Kyle yeah. in that first breakdown episode where all the mascara is like, like, you know that she was like putting on double mascara that day because she's like, this is going to streak my face and be right. a good look. So like she thinks she's so calm, cool, and collected and she appears that way, but then the slightest little tug at a string of her story, it unravels it. And she is just like, no, I am in charge of this. I'm saying my story and this is it. And if you question it, like I'll fucking threaten you. Like, well, you know, when we really, when we really saw this was, okay, so I was reading up on, you know, the episode where she says to Garcelle, well, he's like calling me every day. And then Garcelle yeah. tells the group. What I heard was that, so in that scene where she's talking about that, you can actually see that the, the camera is actually on their back. They're walking away. So technically they were no longer shooting. They didn't turn off their, their mics. So what ended up happening mm-hmm. was as the camera crew was just following them back because they had finished the desert scene, uh, Erica was sharing that with Garcelle thinking that the cameras weren't rolling and that the mics were turned off. What ended up happening is the crew is walking behind them going, oh shit, this is actually really juicy. Keep shooting. That's why it's a shot that is actually like an abnormal housewives shot. Like it's actually just the three of their backs walking. And it's because she didn't mean to say that. She actually specifically didn't mean to say that on camera. And the reason that, that it was so upsetting to her after the fact wasn't necessarily because Garcelle was sharing something in in confidence, it was because Garcelle, Garcelle was sharing something on camera. Yeah. That and she thought was off camera. The producers definitely told her to, too. Yeah, oh, there definitely. was a, yeah, the story seemed, you're right, there was a whole story that Erica kind of confirmed because she reshared a report on it and Lisa Rinna comments on it too, where they apparently got into the van afterwards. Their mics were so hot. She said that to Crystal. Garcelle didn't know about it. When they got back to the house, production said to Garcelle, we need to, have this conversation on camera so we have it garcelle did that and then when she brought up in front of the group erica ostensibly was upset with garcelle but apparently had the story was that she you know was alleged sources have said was that and lisa rinna said as well that uh, erica and production had a screaming match and that's why erica ran off to the bathroom and cried with the implication being i think 
that Erica was basically saying, I gave you all this. I didn't consent to that. Because if you think about it, and like in a lot of ways, fuck Erica, whatever. But I would imagine that's a piece of information she wasn't ready to or thought she could share because well, you know, I she think it's very clear. It changes the whole story. It right. She's like, her. I can't talk to him, but her. he's reaching her. Yeah. Like if he's reaching out to her, like is, is she implicated? So that to me, I kind of wish they'd actually broken the fourth wall and left that in because that to me is a much richer storyline than Garcelle just bringing it up. But also because we as viewers are smart enough to know that Garcelle is not, she's not Lisa Rinna where she brings up shit to just be an asshole. And even Garcelle was so genuinely like, I didn't, like, I did not want to stop him. Whereas Lisa Rinna would be like, oh, own it, baby. You know, Garcelle's like, oh, Jesus. Like, I, you know, you can see that she has a, a as much as they've made out that she's shady or takes jobs at Dorit, I do think Garcelle has much more of a moral core. I know, I love Garcelle. Story. I think so, Garcelle is like one of the classiest yeah. housewives ever. Yeah, For and sure. Garcelle- so That was really interesting. Yeah, you can tell that Erica only picks on people that she thinks she can take because yeah. she let that Garcelle thing die. Because it's like, Garcelle has a good head on her shoulders. She's not afraid of Erica. Like, you knew that if it actually turned into Erica versus- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Versus Garcelle, Erica would be toast because Garcelle yeah. actually is like smart and would actually be able to read the news. <laughs> and, like, well, and I also think that her Garcelle, with real facts. I think that we forget too that Garcelle, even while this is shooting, is the host of you know the the real or what like the view version of you know an off you know. So I think that the other thing about Garcelle is that she actually is a dangerous character in a lot of ways because especially in the Erica Jane case, which is like pop headline news. It's the kind of thing that she could cover. Like so she's actually doing you know journalism to whatever degree. Like she's doing entertainment news and entertainment journalism. So I think that like to to Erica Garcelle is actually someone who's could either be an ally or a real deal enemy. And I don't think she wants to actually be fucking with Garcelle. And Mm. also Garcelle's show the real is in real time. Like it could be like Erica was probably like, shit, Garcelle could go on TV tomorrow yep. and say, oh, I know for a fact that Tom is calling Erica. And like, it's not this long production lag that Real Housewives has. Right. Mm. I agree completely. And I think that, yeah, I think that you're really nailing it. That like, it's, it's not that Erica was even mad at Garcelle. It's that Erica was mad, period, because she, I think she was, I, I can totally see where like behind the scenes and they cut it so that it was mad at Garcelle. But I could totally see where it was actually, she's saying to the producers, fuck you guys, I've given you so much. How could you, almost like it's like her defense team in a way, like she expects them to protect her, which they are not obligated. And in fact, they're more fucked if they do protect her. Yeah, they'll get subpoenaed. Yeah. 
Also yeah. as well, there's so much, I mean, there was a moment, you know, probably maybe a month ago on the shows now where, you know, they left in a moment of a producer saying to Eric in interviews, you've been so strong so far or something along those lines, and which then prompted her to respond. And I saw people online get really annoyed with that. And they were like, this shows, the show is on her side. I'm like, no, this shows... And I said this on my own podcast that the show is doing its job. Like there is a lot of emotional manipulation that these producers have to do to mm-hmm. get these women to be open on camera, to confess, to take part in storylines, which was evidenced in how they played out the Crystal Garcelle, Erica thing, yes. where the information got revealed. You know, like they producer- really know what they're doing. You really yeah. see how much the producers are great producers. They, they are great producers. Yeah, and they you have know to butter like- up people. Yeah, they're like, Erica's going to jizz her pants if we say she's strong. And then she's going to give us whatever and we then want. Exactly. Like, whereas well, if and I went in going, you're a criminal. She's like, fuck you if I go, Erica, the strength you've shown. And she'll say something. And it's the oldest trick in interviewing. You give someone a little bit of rope and just wait that second. They will invariably give you a little bit more information. Well, it's so. why she felt comfortable, mm-hmm. even though she thought that she was not being recorded to actually, like, cause that was what was actually yeah. happening. She was actually sharing a true state. She was sharing something true for maybe the first time, which was going, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Like, and even like when you hear them talking, her, her tone of voice is different. Like she isn't performing it. She's just mm-hmm. saying to her friends, yeah, it's actually really hard. He's calling me every day, which means that everything that she's been saying about, we haven't been in contact is not true. Yeah. I also loved her bathroom moment, like Robert Durst style in the bathroom with the hot mic. That was absurd. I could not believe that was on my television. I was like, is this woman serious? She's just ridiculous. Like for anybody that didn't see, can you tell us the scene? Yeah, it's after they start yelling and she goes in the bathroom and she's still got the mic on and it's so performative because I forget what she says. She's like, I've said so much. Yeah, she's like, I've been so struck. I can't do it more. I was like, okay, she's either sobbing for real and can't speak or she's hamming up and you can't see her, you can't tell. She's hamming it up. And you can tell that she does not have... And I feel bad for saying this because it's not nice, but it really seems like (laughs) she doesn't have a real female friend in her life because it just seems like the kind of behavior that like, if you had real friends, they would call you on it and they would be like, Mm. girl, like the mic was on. Like we we knew that you were acting, you know what I mean? Like if, if any of them were a real friend to her, like if Lisa Rinna was a real friend to her, she would have called her up. And I'm not saying anyone should do this because she clearly is being sketchy, but she could, she would call her up and be like, yo, don't talk about it on camera. Your stories are contradicting. You're not helping yourself, but everyone is just like, yeah, let's let her hang herself. Well, and so astrologically, there are two, there are three really interesting things that are worth noting. Okay. So number one, when we're talking about the nodes, Connor, we're talking about fate points. Okay. So your South node in the chart represents your karma. It represents where you're coming from, It represents mm-hmm. a past life sort of expertise. And when, when it represents, you know, your North node then represents where you're meant to be headed. So it's karma versus Dharma, right? So your karma is your South node. If you did no growing or healing or anything in this life, you could ride out you could ride out on the, on the tail of your south node. If you actually are here doing spiritual growth, then you must address and actually, you must address and actually like move in the direction of your north node, right? So what's interesting here is her south node is in 
Leo, which means in a past life, she is a, she is a performer from a past life. She is a star from a past life. That's why, even if she wasn't like the most successful pop star, it's why that is even in her veins. It's why ultimately this shift into, um, this shift into Broadway was actually like relatively easy for her once she actually was famous, because it's like, she does have old performer karma. But when you have your North Node in Aquarius, what it's really asking you to do is not only care less about the details of the drama and the and your own personal kind of like star, star life and stardom, it actually means that you need to care about the people more. So why I think this is so interesting is that this whole court case is really showing us mm. her North Node versus her South Node, which is like on some level, we're all going, why doesn't she care about the victims? Why mm. doesn't she care about the victims? And the North Node in Aquarius is, is showing us that even if at this moment she doesn't care about the victims, she is trying to protect her own ego and protect her own storyline, she is going to have to, she's going to be forced to figure out a solution on behalf of her now demented husband or whatever. She's going to have to figure out a solution that actually, demented. I don't know, dementia, demented, but it's like, it's like he's demented either way, but it's like, she's going to have to learn how to care about more people than just herself. She is going to have to learn how to sort of veer this into a humanitarian solution because she's going to be legally on the line for it. Right. So that's where, you know, her North node conjunct her, um, and it's almost exactly conjunct her moon is really, I think, is really worth noting because on the one hand, we're like, gee, I guess she really is an Aquarius moon because she's so detached, but Aquarius at its best, and especially when you have your North right. Node in Aquarius, it's actually asking her to, Molly's so right that like what we're seeing right now is the like the plate smashing Aquarius because she's like, yeah, I can handle all this drama. I will smash my own plates. I will do everything to protect my ego. I will do everything to protect my storyline. But really what she's being asked to do on a deeper, more healed, evolved level is care about more people than just herself and do it in public and actually show us the evolution of someone who really does start to understand the implications of the life that they've been selfishly living and, and what that actually means for more people than just herself. That's so interesting. Like, cause you can see her being the shadow Aquarius moon right now, like the child emperor and like, yes. she needs to become, like you said, like a benign emperor. Like she needs yep. to be like, okay, I'm in a leadership position and it does, it's not to be the Leo that I was in a past life. It's not exactly. to be a star. It's to be actually helping people. Wow. Love that. Now the other two things that are astrologically worth noting and Connor, tell me if I lose you because the viewers probably feel the same and it's helpful to know. Oh, there okay. are two really significant <laughs> things happening in this moment. So number one, as we speak, the North Node in the collective, right? So, so the nodes every year move, right? So right now we are coming to the end of this, um, you know, Gemini Sagittarius eclipse cycle, which is where the nodes are. Every time there's eclipses, that's showing us where the fate points and the nodes in, in humanity are, right? Or like in the public. This is so what right gives me a brain fart for sure. So as we speak, the North Node, meaning the fate of the, so the whole collective is meant to be looking in the direction of, right now it's at two degrees Gemini, that is exactly conjunct per Saturn. So Saturn represents lessons, hardships, things that you have to learn or else you're going to keep having to learn them, right? Either you learn your Saturn lessons and you take them and you incorporate them, or every time it comes around, that Saturn ends up being like a barrier or a hard lesson or something where it's like, God, we've been here before. Why haven't we grown? So us seeing Saturn 
at two degrees Gemini, where the North Node is right now, we're actually looking to the place in her chart where it's like, okay, well, did you learn this lesson of like how to do duality, how to do two sides of the story, how to actually tell the truth, how to actually be in partnership? And it's like, well, we see that she's chosen this partnership with her husband above all. And as a result, she's actually not telling the Saturn and Gemini actual story. And now it's going to be a hard lesson that she has to learn. Does that make sense? It does for where, you know, it does because in a way the conversation has been with fans, like, will she acknowledge the victims more? Will she kind of, you know, own up to whatever her partner may have been, even if it was something like, I took money to work on this side of my life and I never right. really questioned when I could have, you know, because right. I, I do think there is some fans, I'd be one of the people in terms of viewers who doesn't think she was in on it with him, but obviously at some point the money came from somewhere sketchy. So that actually does track with, I think, where we would like, just from the point of view of, you know, forcing, I suppose, a, a, a narrative onto real life events, but that's yeah. the kind of catharsis the view, catharsis that viewers would want, particularly when we get this four part reunion, et cetera. Right, yeah. that's what we're all looking for. We're not looking for a reunion where she's fighting in everyone's face. We're looking yeah. for a reunion where she goes, okay, 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 here's the actual story. I yeah. was taking money, right? Like I could, and I imagine that's probably the case. Where like I don't think that she was like, "Yeah, take the victim's money, Tom." Yeah, yeah I don't think she Tom. had any clue what that part of it was. <laughs> right. I think that yeah. she probably did know. Like, okay, like every time he makes money, I make a boatload of money, or every time he wins a case, it's a big win for me. And maybe mm. they even had a conversation somewhere in there where she's like, "Tom, why are we so rich?" And he's saying, "It's just business. Don't <laughs> worry about it." But hey, I'm opening these offshore offshore accounts for you. When I say the ground grass is green. I need you to stop, drop, and, and pretend to divorce me so that we can put the money in the cash. And she's like, okay. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the line between regular rich people's shady accounting and financial crime is so yes. thin. It's yeah. thinner than Lisa Rinna. And like, <laughs> if I was rich, <laughs> that's, thin. <laughs> that's thin. And if I was rich, I would be terrified 24 seven. Cause I would as be rich like, as Lisa Rinna's lips. Yes, I would be like, I am going to go to jail because I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why the people who who paid to get their kids into college were worse than the people who buy a building and then their kid gets into college. I don't yeah. get why that was different. Mm. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it was fraudulent for them to take pictures of Olivia Jade rowing, but like, also, it's fraudulent to pretend that your kid, that a kid is smart when actually just their dad went to the school. You know what I well, mean? I do find it funny that, you know, when you watch Housewives, you sort of submit to the capitalist hellscape of these people are flaunting their wealth and we mm -hmm. go along with it. And I think some of, I do think the alleged crimes of Tom are bad. I do think our misgivings about, <clears throat> our misgivings about Erica's involvement are legitimate. But I think also there is a degree of, we are getting very defensive about her money when it's like, sorry, the reason Dorit is afraid to go after her is because her money is likely just as shady. Like mm -hmm. a lot of these people are on these shows entertaining us on a house of cards in the case of Jen Shaw and Teresa on Jersey. So at times some of the Erica Rachel are like, how could they have not known about that money? I'm like, well, in that world they're in, clearly they don't handle money the way us Joe public people do because every cent matters when we're like trying to get from check to check. Whereas in the case of these wealthy celebrities, their approach to wealth and fame is so different. I always think this is so niche, but like when Erica was doing, it was doing Broadway, it was doing Chicago. She would go on her Instagram stories quite a bit and like do these kind of 
weird just like her in this small apartment they put her up in with her assistant and like she was clearly really bored and like tired from doing the show and she'd be like sitting there being like I'm in the apartment board and there was one night where she was watching CNN and she's like I'm tired of people talking about socialism socialism doesn't work look it up it's it's never gonna work and I was like of course you little miss like money bags married to like a money gobbling lawyer thinks that socialism is probably fucking bad because then you'd have to pay more fucking taxes and you wouldn't have this much wealth accumulated you know obviously look there's nuances with every political thing in life but just I thought it was so funny that like I wish that video went around now because I remember watching on Erica, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Of course you think this about money, you know? Oh, we got to find that clip. I'm surprised Joe Gunn doesn't have it at the right. I know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, that is the thing. They all have a little bit of shadiness. And that's why, so the poll that I put on Instagram, how much do you think people knew, how much do people think Erica knew? Most people are saying she was, she's fully in on the crime and the cover-up. And I think she's in on the cover-up because she doesn't believe there was a crime. Like, I think she thinks, what the fuck? We're doing the same shady rich people shit that all of our friends do. I think she still hasn't made the connection that the money she has came out of, like, other people's pockets. Like, I think she's still just, like, it's not clicking. It's yeah, even, and I think yeah, that when sorry, you're... Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I, it's just, like, I think that when you don't... Com- like, it's different because she really doesn't come from money. And so I think that there's also probably some confusion going on on her part where she did and does trust Tom at the end of the day. And there's probably been a lot of information that he has shared with her, probably to comfort her or explain things where it's where he's literally said, like, I've heard people even in my own life saying like, that's just business or like, that's actually how everyone does it. Or that's, that's what it takes. Like, you know, so I think that Aquarius moon could also be used, you know, if her North node wasn't there, it would be a different story. But I think that, that, if she was just an Aquarius moon with nothing else there, it would kind of be the type of thing where she really truly could say to herself, no, like, yes, sometimes people get eaten. It's a dog eat dog world. That's capitalism. Like sometimes people, someone always loses and too bad. It's not me. That could have been one of her taglines. You know what I mean? Like without her having to even reconcile with the, where the money actually was coming from. Like, I think that she's been also just not lied to, but I think she's been taken down a track where she was told and taught, number one, not to ask too many questions. And number two, that like, Hey, business is ugly, baby. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Also, when she says, oh, if the money got stolen, I'd like to know where it is. That was that's also that's also to me where it's clearly she knows where it is. It's the same thing as being defensive about the lying and defensive about it's like it's like if you're going to really rest your head on, I don't know where it is and you're going to keep bringing it up, you know where it is. Yeah. (laughs) You had mentioned, Sarah, that uh, in the break that she has her Mars in Aquarius as well. And I want to go into that because that is fucking crazy. So Mars is the God of war and Aquarius is like I said, like to me, a shadow Aquarius and ill evolved Aquarius is a child emperor. And the way that she handles conflict is by trying to control everyone around her and be like, stop it, shut up. And like, I will hit, like, she didn't say to Sutton, like, I'm going to punch you in the face, but that's what she meant. Well, we don't know what she said. There is, I'm dying to know. Remember when Sutton is like, she then whispered to me something under her breath that I will never repeat. Like, what did (gasps) she say? It was either vulgar, it was either very threatening or vulgar or brought up something 
very personal because you know Sutton, for all her faults, is very big on a kind of etiquette and southern like manner. And I, it could have been something simple like "I'll fucking break your legs" or something. You know, Erica does have that slight. You know, people have said this on other podcasts and stuff that she has this gangsters mall, gangsters mall, like Sharon Stone and casino kind of like. I go down with the ship. Like I could hear, just imagine me like, I break your fucking legs or something really cross like that. You know, like you could hear her saying that. Yeah. I think she just said a really bad word that Sutton doesn't want to say. I think it's as simple as that. Like cunt. Or so she called her like, like, yeah, I will fucking like, I will, I will have you killed cunt or something like that. And it's okay well, to I, say that in front of Connor because he's Irish and they say it all the time. We say it all oh, the time Connor's and it's fun. actually very colloquial here. So I like, yeah, I find some Americans are really put off by the word. And I'm like, yeah, but when someone has called you like, ah, oh, you daft cunt, you take it very differently. Like, you know, yeah. you have a different How deeply healing for us Americans to hear. I know. <laughs> I do think that the people who get very theatrically offended by that word are just like, they're Yolanda with the chronic limes. You know what well, I mean? Well, it's also just like, again, it's this kind of thing where it's like somebody must have told you that that's the worst thing that could be said. It's like, Right, like it doesn't actually viscerally hurt you. Like and it was, yeah, it was a storyline on Erica's first season. You know, she had a necklace that said "cunty" because she was given to given it by, you know, her gaggle of gays and in kind of queer slang, you know, "cunty." And you know, she's she's cunt, she's giving cunt. Like it's a very, it's a highest praise in ballroom world and in queer culture, and it's tied to clubs and stuff. And you know how tight that Erica is is maybe up for debate, but she was or is part of like nightlife and queer culture in that sort of way where she was literally like, cunty, it's a good thing. And they were all like, oh, I don't like that word. Like I'm Eileen Davidson, who I adore, but was like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, Eileen, it's the club kid version and she's not calling you a cunt. Like I got it, but I remember thinking, seeing that on the show was quite surreal in a way. It's also one of the oldest words, which is just fascinating to me. It Mm. comes from like old English. It's like, we've been calling each other cunts for millennia. It's, what is it like me in old English? Does it mean vagina? Like what does it yeah, mean? It means the same thing. It just has an E on the end. Huh. Oh. Also, it's also fart. like as if that's insulting, like pussy, cunt. Like I'm okay with all these words. Right. <laughs> fart is also from old English, but it's F-E-R-T and it's like fart. Fart. I farted. <laughs> Oops, I farted. Yeah. So Sarah, what were the two things that you okay. wanted to talk about? And then we'll get into Connor's chart because I'm very excited because yeah. I, I'm very, so I saw, okay, I'll say, I'm, I'm very ex- excited to know how it, how it works when your South node and your son are the same thing, which is what Connor has. That's fascinating. <gasps> so everyone mm-hmm. stay tuned. To, oh my God. I can't believe you know that Molly. How do you know that? Because he said that he was born in 1987 and you told oh me. Oh my God. Molly is so fucking smart. You guys. Oh, Holy shit. Molly shook. doing math. Wow. Okay, so two knowing things. numbers is math. Now. No, that's honestly way that's that's above my pay grade, right? But okay, so it's like so two things. Number one, I totally agree, Molly, that like so so yeah, it's not only that she has her North Node, her Moon, and she has her Mars and Aquarius. You know, there's two ways to look at it. Like it is sort of the tyrannical kid, but it also is that parent that looks a blind eye. It's the parent that is allowing. Again, it's the sink. So it's the parent that's allowing this Mm. sort of righteous um like righteous tantrums to go on do you know what i mean so i think that that mars in you know and the other thing i was saying to molly during the break is that aquarius is co-ruled by both uranus which is the the planet of like crazy shit happening like all of a sudden everything's changed but it also is ruled by saturn which is 
daddy. So it's like her chart really in it of itself is very mommy and daddy. Like she has big mommy and daddy energy. Whereas I think she's trying to do the Aquarian thing of like turning a blind eye or not being that, like sort of being so not watching that reckless shit can happen. But I think that what we're seeing is like, actually she's being forced. Not only is she getting triggered by this public display of all the victim's pain, but now she's going to have to reconcile with and actually play the part of daddy, whether she likes it or not, in solving this problem. And I also think it's poetic that we're seeing this play out on live TV. Well, I guess it's not live, but on reality TV, where, mm. you know, hypothetically, somebody may want to hide this kind of drama in their lives, or they may want to do it behind closed doors in a, in a more Cancerian fashion. But in this case, she can't. She's being forced to actually have this fight in public, not only on behalf of her and her family, but really in many ways against the interests of victims and against the interest, which is, which is showing us sort of a different side of Erica that I don't think anybody wanted to see, right? Like, I, I do think that PK and Mauricio were so right when they were like, the issue is why isn't she saying anything about the, the people or the victims? And, you know, that Mars in Aquarius is not only forcing her to face the actual victims that she has been t tormenting accidentally, perhaps, but it's also being done on live TV. So she, her being super triggered, it's not just that she's triggered about what people are saying about her. It's that she's triggered that people are saying this about her on television. Mm -hmm. mm. I, I hope she does make the connection and come into her dharma and become less of an asshole. But so let's switch gears to Wait, Tom. there's one other, wait, there's one other thing I want to oh, say sorry, about the chart. I'm so sorry. And then I do have Tom's chart up and I have the relationship <sighs> charts up. Yeah. But the other thing that's really interesting, now Molly, you're going to love this because Molly is very into, so there, Connor, if you're not up on it, there is an asteroid Chiron. It's actually a centaur, but it is um, a very poignant point in everybody's chart. And it shows where you have a deep karmic wound, but there also is enormous healing available there. And if you do that healing, it becomes your superpower or it becomes the thing that you really then get to heal other people with, right? So what we're seeing in Erica's chart right now is that she is having a Chiron return, which means that Chiron in the sky is directly linking up and activating her personal Chiron, where it's showing us a deep wound, but also is giving her the opportunity to have that deeper level healing and heal others with that wounding. And for her, Chiron is in the sign of Aries. So what does that mean? Mm. It means that she has a deep wound in her sense of self and a deep wound in her autonomy and in her... So like all of this arguably is because of Tom, right? It's because she actually didn't stand up for whatever her actual you know, belief systems are or that she wasn't actually holding her own in this relationship. She wasn't making her own money. There's a wound in her sense of could she do it alone? And, you know, so much of the, what I, from what I understand, so much of the past seasons and even the beginning of this season was her giving Tom a lot of credit for, you know, the life that she's created and this, this career that she's building. All of it is because Tom gave it to me or Tom set this life up for me. That is a wounded Aries, right? Because it's actually like at the end of the day, she is defaulting to other to give her, her her sense of power and her sense of autonomy and fame. It's completely linked to someone else. Now that, that Chiron is returning and is sitting on her Chiron, number one, we're seeing, 
first of all, what a weak character she actually is because she is, you know, fighting publicly for kind of the wrong things. She's showing no actual remorse. She's showing no sense of personal um, accountability for the part that she has played in this. She also is giving everything to other people in order for her to feel like she has power, right? The whole storyline is like, I'm not taking a penny of Tom's money or like Tom now has left me high and dry and I'm a victim as much as anybody. But if in fact, this not only is the, the, the part of the story where we see that Erica actually does, number one, start to make her own money. Like if it's true that she is building this business that, that she does end up having to use to support herself, then that is a really healing, um, it is a deeply healing on a, like on a soul level for Erica to go, oh, I can do this on my own and I actually made the money and I'm actually paying for this. So that's very healing. And at the same time, if she really does the full extent of her work with that North Node in Aquarius and with that Chiron return actually allowing her to be the super healer, who knows? Like what's what's actually what would be cool to see is if she actually takes her her now um, accrued like fame and fortune or you know notoriety or whatever and uses it to make enough money that she can on her own not only support herself but pay back the money owed to the victims. Like if we see that she now is strong enough to, to do that on her own and not only use her, her sense of self-worth and her sense of self to make money and to stand on her own, but also to be a healer of the people that have been hurt because of what she has participated in knowingly or not, that would be a really nice sort of shift in the way that her Chiron has traditionally <coughs> been, been really wounded. Do we think that's going to happen? I don't. Connor, what do you think? I would love for it to happen. I don't think it will because, you know, that there's that sort of, like, there was a scene when she arrives to the Quinta to meet the women where she puts her head in her hand and goes, uh, it's not going to be okay for a while. And it's become kind of a running joke with fans because it felt so put on. And I do think there's a degree of Erica likes the woe is me, not likes, but lives in the woe is me mm-hmm. aspect. But of that's also how we knew that she knew that something else, <laughs> it's not just the divorce that's so stressful. We, she was hinting to us this whole time that there was something else. Yeah, that yes, it was a riddle yeah. wrapped in an enigma. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I do think that woe is me is Chiron. That is her Chiron in Aries. That mm-hmm. is her wound of herself. And yeah, I think it's going to take a lot for her to dig herself up out of this on a spiritual level. And I don't think she, like I said, has really any true friends who are going to go on this journey with her. I don't think like, I just feel like it's going to take a superhuman level of work on herself that I don't know. I will be very pleasantly surprised if she actually would. Yeah, but here's the thing. She might not have a choice. Like Tom's going to croak. They have no money between them. Either she is going to have to give herself up and say, okay, okay, okay. I have all this money in offshore accounts. I'm going to give to the people and I'll start from scratch. Or she's going to have to rise above and take on a more human. Somebody has to pay the victims back. And if he is in like, you know, uh, home care or whatever, if he's in Alzheimer's uh, camp and, and or dies and she is either hiding the money or no matter what, she is going to be legally responsible for paying these people. So I don't think we, there's a choice in, in that. I think she has to pay people back. I think she's going to become Julie Cooper in season three of the OC after she 
isn't with Caleb Nickel and she isn't with Jimmy anymore and she goes and lives in a trailer park and talks about what used to be. I think it's going to be- even, But legally, how is she going to- Somebody has to pay them back. You mean they're going to just take whatever she has left? Yeah. And then, because I mean, I'm sure he's got some left. He's got all those offshore accounts. She's got her paychecks from- Well, this. I think it I'm depends sure on the house. I think they're trying to sell- I think if, if they sell the house, which they're having trouble doing- but that would be... But, like, I'm sure they've got money in the stock market. They've probably got enough to, to pay restitution. And then I, I think she is going to become um, Sunset Boulevard. You know? Right, like, like the, the things that could have been. Yeah, like, look at what I used to be. Look at how this used to She has to the be. voice for us. She <laughs> certainly yeah. does. I could, have, I could have been a star. But that man ruled my life, ladies. Dude. And but here so I am. Even if that's the case, I do what I hope for her. If if she goes that route, I at least hope that she does it on her terms, where she feels like, ha ha ha, Loki, I do have the money in the offshore account, and I'm ha secretly getting like, you know, Whole Foods delivered to my cabin or whatever. You're a but criminal. I know, but I, I I just I feel like I don't wish I don't wish ill upon her. I don't think that she did anything that she is now involved in with bad intention. I think she turned a blind eye. Uh, thinking that that's just business and really enjoyed the life that she lived. But I do think like, I, I, I mean, I guess just for my own karma's sake, I want to be on record for hoping that she does, that she, she comes through this, not only learning her lesson, but with a renewed sense of like, like if she does end up doing that Sunset Boulevard, woe is me for the rest of her life. I hope that she at least pens a play about it and can become the, the next version of like, I well, hope that she finds power in this story. I think she is going to love doing that. Even if she does do that and if she doesn't go on this like spiritual journey to improve herself, I think she's, it's going to be the thrill of her life telling Yeah, either way, she's going to rock the storyline. Exactly. Because that's, she's just going to revel in it. And she loves the victim story. Yeah. So, okay. Do we think Tom, what do we think about, we need to go through this very quickly, but what do we think about Tom's storyline? We've all seen the video now of him saying she knew. He looks terrifying. I mean- For anybody that didn't see the video, can you do a quick impression of the video? Connor, I feel like you'd be great at this. Can somebody tell us what the video is? Okay, I, so I, saw, I love the video, but if anybody didn't see it. So a paparazzo stops Tom while he's being like, you know, whisked from one place to another. And they're like, how much did his, his lawyers are like, he's not talking, he's not talking. And then the paparazzo is like, well, how much did Erica know? Did she know? And then Connor, what does he say? Well, what's the thing about it is he's approached and they're trying to go, hey, how are you? And there's someone with him, as you point out, he's pushing him away. And Tom is able to talk, but looks really like not yeah. present. And then when he's asked the question, what did Erica know? Tom's face, it's like, he's being very jovial and hello, how are you? Like he's talking to a complete stranger, obviously. His face just shifts and looks really blank and kind of almost angry, almost slash scared. And there's a long pause and he goes, I think she knew. And the other guy's like, no, come on, we're not. So listen, I'm not a fan of what Tom allegedly did. And think he just, you know, I think he needs to face consequences, but there was something about that video was just in poor taste, like from a journalistic ethics point of view. But he says in that clip, ostensibly, I think she knew, but I also got the impression that he was not answering in the most sound of mind, you know, right, like I, agree. I was curious about where he was coming from with that. And it did feel like it was in poor, like, I mean, the look on his face, there was, there was like a proper, like you could see cogs turning, like he didn't quite know what he was being asked. Well, right, to me, that video indicated either one of two things. To me, it was the first time in this whole story where I've been like, 
he didn't want her to divorce him where I felt like, oh, he's throwing her under the bus because he is pissed, right? Like on some level. But more than that, I feel like, because I don't think he actually has Alzheimer's, but I could see him being drugged. The way that he's, like, I could see the, because clearly something's wrong, right? Like he's just dying and melting before our eyes. But they're so right that any time that we've seen him on the recent seasons of the show in all the clips and all the flashbacks, this dude, I mean, he was practicing law up until the moment that this news came out. It's a little convenient that he's, all of a sudden he has dementia. It's like, mm, yeah, that's but a he little- looks, you can't fake that look that also he that, has. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like whatever money he does have left, I could totally see it being the kind of thing where, look, if Michael Jackson can get all the drugs that ultimately kill him, somebody, is, somebody could say, give, make sure that Tom has whatever it is that's going to really- confuse him i mean there is enough pharmaceuticals out there that he could be getting treatments that actually bring his quality of mind down i mean and, shit, and i do he, that every weekend whoa for real though bro right like so i could see it being the kind of thing where either we're, we're getting a, a glimpse of she did just leave even though she didn't know she did just leave and he's like i'm getting her or he's being drugged to the point of i don't even know what i'm saying and isn't doing anybody any favors and he's just like now a total mental case yeah either i think the video is very haunting but it's not admissible in the court of law because you just don't know what's going on and in a way too that might be on purpose too where they're like where he's like yeah i'm gonna just say this but like nobody can use it i'm clearly not well hey and they and then even for her sake she could say look he's clearly not well okay give us the like the quick of tom's chart 30 seconds Tom is a Gemini sun Mercury. He is a a one degree Capricorn moon. Hypothetically based on, again, I don't, the two times that we have, I only found in one place. But if this is what it said, if this is true, he's also a Virgo rising. Kind of interesting, (gasps) right? If they are both Virgo risings, it does make sense because Virgo rising cares a lot about appearing to be perfect and cares a lot about how people, when they meet the world, they, they care a lot about people meeting them in a way that they feel is right. And that they, like, so for them to actually be like stashing all this money or stealing all this money so that they look like they're the richest in Beverly Hills, even if that isn't necessarily true, it would make sense to me as Virgo rising, as a Virgo rising couple, because they both would give a huge shit about outer appearance, which also means that their seventh house, the house of both of their relationships are in Pisces, which is very watery. And the, mm-hmm. the lines and the boundaries do get blurred. And what you're agreeing to or what you're doing is sort of like, you're able to justify it or kind of make, you know, go, well, we, we were so combined in our assets that I really don't even know, right? So there's, there's like confusion in the relationship, whereas they're appearing to be so, so perfect. But I think that the thing that is worth noting here is that while we're talking about the nodes, Tom has his south node in Taurus and his north node in Scorpio, which means that from a past life perspective, he is coming from money. He is coming from stability. He is coming from wealth. And what he's meant to do, whether it's for good or bad in this life, is ultimately get a little bit too into other people's money and other people's. I mean, the the Taurus-Scorpio axis, Taurus is myself, my money, my foundation you know, my stability. And Scorpio is 
our stability, our money, our power. It's being so bonded with other that, that you really, you really take on whatever it is that they, you know, have. And so him stealing other people's money would make sense to me based on this chart. But so you, so the South Node and North Node is governed governs an entire generation so well no it only no it doesn't get govern generation it, it, every two every 18 months it changes okay so what are the 18 months that have that taurus south node to scorpio north node well it's more than just one so like um you know right now it's like so tom was born in 1939 oh, right but but actually like you know I, i'm trying to think so uh, you were so fast with knowing connor's but it's like Basically, you know, you could look, but it's like every 18 years, it's, it's back. So, you know, people also, we could, I could look it up real quick, but it's oh, like, it's okay. I was just curious. It doesn't matter. But it's but just basically, if people were born around him, that means they would have the same one. Which yeah, is but it doesn't necessarily always mean something nefarious or dark, right? So for some people that have a South node in Taurus, a North node in Scorpio, it means that they're meant to learn how to bond more deeply with other, or they're meant to move into a more intimate um, like more intimate personal landscape wh where they actually mesh with other, right? Yeah. Or they get a little deeper in relationship. I think in his case, because he's such a Gemini, I mean, he also has his Saturn in Aries. So for him, his karma, the lessons that he has to learn and learn and learn. And if it, you know, if, if, he doesn't learn them, he's going to be having problems like this. And if he does learn them, he's going to be a real advocate for himself and others. But I think with that Saturn at a late degree of Aries, we're also seeing someone who didn't learn the lessons of the difference between being like self-confident, self-assured, and having a strong sense of self versus someone who is actually so obsessed with taking care of their own bank account that they actually, they think that they're protecting themselves, they actually sacrifice themselves. Like his selfishness is the lesson that he's now being accountable for. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> a lot to, I'm just like, whoa, I can see that. Yeah, but it I all mean, makes sense. He, it all makes he, sense. Yeah, I think he clearly, I mean, he, there's no question as to whether or not he knew what he was doing. Allegedly. The question now, allegedly. Allegedly. Now, Clap <laughs> if you think allegedly. Yeah, right. uh -huh. yeah. But I do think now the question with Tom is like, is he actually suffering from d dementia or Alzheimer's? I think the, the real question actually is, does it matter? Because this Malaysia Airlines crash was like a few years yeah. ago. Oh, right. That's the whole issue. That's the thing about the Erica thing that doesn't make sense. She's trying to say three years ago when he toppled his car and he actually had brain damage that I never told anybody about. It's like three years ago, it still doesn't matter. It, it yeah. just happened 10 years ago. Like I did, yeah. My thing no, with that matter. is, my thing with that is, and this is me just speculating, obviously, off of what's alleged. I, I don't know any more than anyone else. Is I think, I personally do think his issues with his mental state are real. I think what may have happened in the last few years, because it did kind of come up in the LA Times reporting, is that him not being fully there, even if it was sort of not known by everybody, meant that there were more slip-ups and more ways for people in the firm to talk and go, this doesn't add up, and that sent people digging. And I think what's happened is, oh, in the last years, he has slipped up in a way that has actually gone, wait, this has gone on for too long. And what these victims have been saying for a decade has waited versus years ago saying, this guy's a top of the line, good guy, good guy lawyer, how dare you? Now it's like, wait, he slipped up, and as he slipped up, we're seeing the truth. Right, the reason, you're saying the reason it's coming 
coming out now is because he isn't with it enough to keep protecting them. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's like, what I get the impression anyway. Yeah. Like, why is Erica even like this? Is not the hill to die on. Oh, he's had dementia for three years. Like, what does she think? Right. Yeah. It's right. bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre. But I think. But I think that's an ego thing on her part. Where she's actually, even though that's is not what she's saying, she's defending the slip up. Like she, she thinks that she's making a case for, you know, he hasn't known what he's doing. But I think what she's really saying to her friends, because she is so concerned about saving face, is we would have never gotten busted had mm. he not had a, some kind of a brain injury or brain issue. Like yeah. I think she is more defensive about what they think about her and what they think about his ability to keep the money then she is actually about the victim. She hasn't mentioned the victim. She hasn't mentioned the fact that he's stolen all this money one time. She has no stake in that. Now, the one thing I want to say too about the astrology of their chart, when I put their charts together and I look at the chart of the marriage, so it's like one plus one equals the marriage. They have their son, and this is great to to phase into Connor's chart, but they have their son exactly, they have the marriage son exactly conjunct the South Node in Gemini, which means that they're coming from a place of two different stories or multiple stories or different ways of spinning it. And the North node of the relationship is in Sagittarius, which means ultimately the purpose of this relationship is for the truth to be revealed. Damn, sucks for them. (laughs) That's amazing. I also don't understand why she's hanging the dementia on the car crash. Just one last detail. Because he was born in 1939. Why would he not have dementia right now? It's so weird. It's so weird. Because I think, no, because I think that they both, I think that they're both, to whatever degree, egomaniacs. And I think that she's genuinely embarrassed that he was, that he I think I don't think she gives a fuck about the victims. I think she gives a fuck that this is embarrassing for them. And I think she wants everybody to know that if in the last three years more got, started seeping out because he wasn't being as careful or as protective of their money. Because again, I think, yeah, she thinks everyone's doing these financial crimes. Yeah. And the embarrassing thing is that they got caught. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. So, okay, Connor's chart. Let's get into oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, and before we, before we um, go into Connor's chart, the one last question I have about this from both of your point of view. Do yeah. you think, what do you think the outcome of the, like, case is going to be? I, I'm trying to figure out how much he can be. I get the impression that while I do think his mental deterioration is real, that it's also helpful to stop him from having to serve jail time. Mm -hmm. So I could see him going into some kind of assisted living facility where he's heavily monitored, but he's not quote unquote in jail. I have a feeling he's going to have to pay back at least some of the money if he has access to it. He's going to have to, right? That's what I'm saying. Either he is or she is. Someone's going to have to pay them. With Erica, I don't know. I think it's going to be either she will be vindicated in terms of she had no real way of knowing and she may have to give a certain amount of money over, but she can say, I gave money back that I didn't know was misappropriated or she will go down with the ship. I mean, if we're coming out of, we're going to head into a four part reunion and they tend to film, pick up for a new season, not long after they shoot a reunion, I would imagine her fate on the show is pretty good in the sense that they'll want her back for another year of this storyline. And she'll maybe make the say allegedly half a million dollars or whatever that, you know, six-figure sums that the housewives make filming the show. So Right, and she might even be able to argue it. She might even be able to negotiate a higher salary because of it. Like, she might be able to say, look, if you actually want to be a part of the solution, you need to pay me enough that I still have a life that is worth filming and that I can Mm -hmm. comfortably pay these people back. 
And rich people sure. have a way of going bankrupt and still living in a gaudy McMansion. Look at Teresa. Right. She went through 10 years of legal drama and she still lives in that multi-million dollar house. Yeah, I would like, like to know more about how that works because, because I'm game. Can say like, oh, the house is the house. Like if I'm able to pay you with things that aren't the house, then I get to keep the house. They all right, have- You can things. lean, you can always lean on the house, right? Like I think that if she- Living on I think- the house. Yeah, I don't think she's going to go to jail for this. I don't think she's going to be held responsible per se. And I think the only way she is going to see some form of punishment is going to be if she shares too much and hangs herself by her own rope. I really think that she needs to stop talking about it on television. Like but Erica. she's not going to. She's not going to. Yeah. Yeah, so, the public opinion- proud. The public opinion part of it is what will get Erica more than any actual, because Andy Cohen keeps going, well, she hasn't been charged with anything, because obviously Jen Shaw on Salt Lake City, she has been charged with something. So like, it will be like, okay, how does Erica play the reunion? What else do we learn about this? And where do we stand with her as a public figure that will determine, which goes into what you said about her obsession with her reputation versus like, I don't necessarily see her going to jail. I could see her maybe having to hand over a large sum of money and feeling somewhat disgraced publicly, but whether she'll go to prison, I I can't see that happening somehow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think she'll stay out of prison or she'll have like, you know, sort of like, I would love to see a season where she has like Jeffrey Epstein treatment and it's like, we're seeing her getting picked up in the town car from prison. literally thinking that. You know, like I could see that being only because the storyline would be so rich. Yeah. <laughs> oh like my her God, being in faux prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, ladies, anything can happen. My life is crazy. A lot going on right now. I don't want to talk get, about like, it. We could really get some bangers from the clinger. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I wouldn't mind some prison sex. A prison bop. I'm in the yeah. jail, jail. I want to fail, fail. Or something like that. <laughs> prison bops would be actually- This like, one's for the gays. Save her, that could save all the victims. Like that could be enough money to actually right this wrong. This one's for my gays who still believe the three of them that are left. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it's like, I still, I still like party in prison. Like it could be that kind of thing. Like how do we make pony, like, like fishtail braids, nail polish. Like how do we make prison fun? Like I don't know. <laughs> Cameo from Laverne Cox. Popping my puss behind bars, baby. I still got it. And like, shut the- or like, it could be like how like all the prison guards are hitting on her or something. Oh Everybody God, wants totally. me in jail or, you know. Whatever. Uh, okay. Any other questions about the astrology? Any other thoughts before I veer into uh, just sort of some info about Connor? Oh God. Let's do Connor. We got okay, three so minutes. Okay, mm. Connor. You are a Virgo Sun, Virgo Mars, Virgo Venus, Virgo uh, Mercury, and Virgo South Node. Jesus. So are. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. You're that not must a Virgo be South exhausting. Node. I, I want to say, I, I take that back. You're not a Virgo South Node. He's right on the cusp. So you're actually a two degree Libra South Node. So here's what it is, right? You have a ton of Virgo in your ninth house and your legacy, your midheaven, how people will remember you is Virgo, right? But your South Node is in Libra, meaning that like, it's almost like, you know, it's interesting because while we were on the break, I actually asked Molly, I said, Molly, does Connor perform like comedy? Like, is he also a comedian? She's like, no, I actually don't think so. I think that part of what this podcast is actually like 
what your podcast and what the things that you've been doing are actually moving you in the direction of. It's sort of like with a South Node and early degree Libra, you're sort of more comfortable talking about other people and using other people and using character voices or impressions or whatever as a way to actually do the thing that you really are here to do, which is be a standalone performer. Like, I think that like, if you don't do comedy or you're not doing your own performance art, whatever that means, it's sort of like you're, you're able to use all of this Virgo to do really high level crafts making or podcast. Like He's a DJ. He's a DJ too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. perfect. Okay. okay. So you're yeah. really good at taking other tracks or you're really good at yeah, taking yeah. like all the pieces that you have and putting it together so that it's something new. And that's how people yes. get to know you. And people know you as being this guy that can put together things that he's ta like taking different, you know, materials and putting it together to become something yeah. else. But I think that there is actually like a higher level challenge on the table for you, which is to say, aside from defining yourself by all the pieces that you're putting together in like sort of a craftsman way, what is it that you without any other pieces are able to bring forward just from your own creativity and like actually be a leader in sharing the thing that with or without any of this material you like when you were a kid if you were like singing and dancing at in the mirror after the shower or whatever like there's a part of you that actually is a performer in your own right that really doesn't need to pick all the pieces from other things to then like remix into whether it's a podcast or a track or whatever mm -hmm. where it's like are are you also comfortable or not are you comfortable but you really are like all of this virgo you are a skilled craftsperson right but it's not only in the area of like all the things you can put together it's also in the area of like what skills are you able to cultivate and and if you were going to stand out on your own and do your own thing what would that be i want to know what connor's north note is well, Connor's North Node, because his South Node is in Libra at a very early degree, his North Node is in Aries in oh. the fourth house, which is the Cancer house, which is home. So it's kind of like Connor is coming here almost like, a, like an indentured servant from a past life where he on some level feels like all he can do is Indentured like servant? That is a, that's a sore subject for Ireland, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know that. I don't even no, know that. No, it's laughing. It feels off. <laughs> Culturally, it feels appropriate. I know nothing about, but I, I think that it makes even more sense if that's like a thing, because it's almost like you have all of these skills, you have all of this ability to like really take what is given and you feel a sort of almost like a, you're, you feel like your career is... It, you're, you feel like your career relies on the fact that you're taking things that people already know and turning it into something else, or you're using other people's tracks, or you're using other people's storyline to talk about, whereas his North Node is in Aries in the fourth house. So it's sort of like what you're really meant to do is build your own safe space on planet Earth, and you're really meant to be a, a leader in in really putting yourself first and actually showing that you are, it's not just like that Connor's able to like mix tracks or do impressions or put, put pieces together so that it's like something that we can all enjoy in the context of what we all know. I think that once you actually get a sense of comfort in your level of like fame or your level of you know, it, once you feel like you have enough of an audience that they actually just like stand you, I would like to hear Connor's, you know, his bop tracks. I want to hear Connor's dance tracks. I want to hear Connor's 
like, you know, I want Con- I, you know, the, the purpose for Connor is really, aside from just building a home on planet Earth where he is really deeply taken care of and nurtured and it's not just like taking other people's things and trying to put it out there for other people. It's really to like center yourself. The more, the more that you, you know, do partnership with yourself in a, in a more authentic way, the more that you can be sort of safe on your own to do the things you really want to do because appropriate partners will, will come into your life from the public and go, Hey, I heard that thing you said, I'm interested in that. Or wait, do you have any tracks of your own? Somebody might, God forbid, somebody listens to this podcast in Ireland and they're like, we got to do a, a, a housewives drag show. <laughs> who knows? God, we can only pray. Knows. I'll break out rosaries. <laughs> You'd have to fly in. It's not that far a flight. You could be like, it's a work trip. Oh, a hundred percent would. Oh my God. Who would I be? Danielle Staub? <laughs> yes. Dina? Dina yeah. would, oh my God, I love. Dina would be hard to parody because she's just like normal and cool. Yeah. That could be the joke that you're just like, I'm just normal. <laughs> yeah. I think I would be Ramona. I think I'd be Ramona. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I would want to be like Mauricio or like PK. <laughs> I, li- I really like PK. I love PK. Should we not like him, Connor? You slandered him before. I like <sighs> PK. I mean, I, I don't mind him this season because he's kind of a voice of reason, but an early Eric moment I did enjoy, pre-criminality, as I like to say, was, you know, Dorit's first season, PK and Dorit went after Erica over this whole thing where they thought they saw her she wasn't wearing underwear at an event and they made this thing of they thought they saw her vagina and then at the re you know then this thing where he said that she was inherently cold at the season finale and at the reunion they had it out and she said something and, and PK went oh it's not very nice Erica and he kind of actually upset and she basically said oh give me a break and she did that thing where you know like broadly speaking straight men love to be like that's not very nice that you told me that I'm a piece of shit. And she pulled him up yeah. on it in a way that I still think about. Cause I'm like, there's been so many fucking men and it's men. Even as a man myself in my career where I have wanted to turn and go, no, you are the fucking problem, buddy, not me. So like, that's why I used to like Erica. Cause she would just every so often turn around and go, here's how it's going to fucking be. And discussion. I'm like, I wish I was, I was more like that, which I'm sure. <laughs> no, whether that's her. really your North node. Yeah. Your North node in Aries is saying the more that you stand up for yourself and stop doing that South node Libra of like trying to make nice or appease all the right. people or make everyone around you happy, the more empowered and safe on earth and safe at home you will be. Like that instinct where you're like, I wish I was more like that is like kind of your life's work. Like to be an advocate for yourself. Commit financial crimes, Connor. (laughs) So I need to marry a man 30 years my senior, launch a pop career, uh, a vanity project pop career, surround myself with a gaggle of gays, and then end up in reality TV. I mean, how hard could it be? Honestly, I think you'd crush. I think so too. (laughs) And the fact that we're just saying it on the airwaves now means I think you're calling it in. Sugar daddies, emails are open. Yeah, we're manifesting it. (laughs) <laughs> so that that was such a good reading. Oh my gosh, I feel touched personally in a Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh so we want to offer all of our listeners and Connor's listeners um a discount on readings with Sarah and on merch in our merch store. The discount code is Erica with a K. And <laughs> I would say we're going to do 22% off, 1% for each year of Erica and Tom's marriage. Love! Oh my God, Molly, that's so funny. Perfect. Twenty-two. I'll, I'll make the I'll make the uh, back end link now. Cool. So, Erica E R I K A. Anything in the store or any reading on my site or anything on my site? Twenty-two percent off. 
with the code Erica. Oh, so wow. that is <laughs> SarahArmor.com, right? SarahArmor.com backslash booking. And then our merch store is Etsy or Shopify. Shopify. It's in our bios, links in our bios. You'll, you guys will all see it. Get a Virgo who can drive shirt in honor of Connor. Connor, we yeah, will I send might need you to get one. one. <laughs> we'll send yes. you one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and everybody have a good week, I guess. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Connor. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I really, but I'm telling you between uh, on breaks, when I got back here first, I was like, is this dude performing like does he have a solo show? Does he like you on a, <laughs> no. you having a solo show is like, I think that that's what this is all ultimately for. Like, I think you building a creative career where you are actually safe to be the star will in many ways support you more than supporting everybody else all the time currently does. We're doing Edinburgh next year, Connor. (laughs) I'll see you in Edinburgh, ladies. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. And thank you, Molly. It was great to have you on Housewives and Me. And so to kind of return the favor today has been a trip. I'm very glad I I got to go on. Oh, I'm so glad we had you. We really needed your expertise. You're fun. You're You're knowledgeable. It was so freaking good. Thank you so much. And so if people want to follow you, where can they follow you? How do we find you? How do we listen to the pod? Like, how do we find you? Yeah, so the podcast is called Housewives and Me. There are new episodes every Tuesday. We're gearing up for our 50th episode and one year of the show soon, which means returning guests from the early days are coming back. And um, we're going to have lots of people from all around the world who will be joining us. We've already had Samantha Mumba, Irish pop legend, <gasps> Emma Watts Katz. Oh my God, Samantha Mumba. Wait, what was her big song again? What was her big song? Gotta Tell You was an iconic, massive pop hit. And How Baby Coming Over was another one. Baby, come on over tonight. Oh, that one I know. Yeah, so she was on. Evan Ross Katz has been on. Elizabeth Day. Irish broadcast was like Darren Garry. Lots of, it's a really, like, I don't just get quote unquote names. Like, I just get fucking people. Yeah, who Mr. Because per- he's perfect. He's the perfect guest for every episode. All that Virgo. <laughs> no, I just like people who are just like fucking fun and interesting. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's it's Connor Bean, I T S C O N O R B E H I N, and where there'll be housewives chat, pop culture chat, music chat, some flagrant self-promotion because i'm gonna have to lean into my creative voice and do that even more Mm -hmm. so yes it's all there all right and let's all pray that erica has her spiritual awakening home may her (laughs) may her prison bangers heal the world (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed space trash trash in space space trash lifestyles the rich and your race space trash Celebrities, they're trash, but the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.